Welcome to Basic to Bougie, the podcast, a totally new experience, one you're sure to love. We've taken our passion of business, finance, relationships, hot topics, and more, and collided them as a sisterhood into what we now call womenhood. Join your host, Melissa Martin, the success coach, and now an author, a certified NLP life, business, and financial coach, hypnotherapy expert, and one-bed mamma-jamma businesswoman on this wild ride as we detour through life, showing you how to take the basics and turn them into what we call the bougie. Let's dive on in. Hey, Can you hear me okay? Hi. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Grace. (laughs) I can't help but laugh. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you now. It's like the Samsung commercial. (laughs) Let me tell you. Okay. First, let me do that. Hey, guys. Welcome to Basic to Bougie. I'm Malia. Here with Grace today, we are doing hot topics. And if y'all knew what we just went through to get this phone call going, you would laugh. This is like our third try. Usually it's smooth as butter. And on the way to doing all this, I found a new mic-like area in my um, repertoire of stuff in front of me. So I'm hoping that people are even able to hear me on the other end, meaning not you, Grace, but on the podcast. So this should be fun. This should be exciting. How are you today? I'm great. Um, It was a great productive morning. It's a nice sunny day. How's your day so far? It is is really good. It's busy as heck. Um, I was up late last night getting some of these funnies in for today because we only have a 45 like minute area to do this, but we have an hour show. So we kind of have to like get it in where we can fit it in and some of this stuff. So um, everything's fantastic. I'm super excited about today, girl. Same. This is definitely my first podcast. So let's give it a go going to give it a go. Okay. So like, let's just dive on in. Okay. So we have so many topics y'all. So for those who are just joining, this is my third season. We do hot topics. We've done hot topics with a few different people. Um, and this season I've decided to do hot topics with new people, um, periodically, but then having the same come in because you know who you like, you know, who you vibe with. And as my listeners, I want y'all to tell me what you think as we go. Cause at the bottom of this, you can send us in a comment, what have you. So please do it. So without much further ado, let's dive on in. I can't believe we got Reverend girl. We are ordained Reverend you, Reverend me. It was the perfect way to end last year. So we went to my beach house for New Year's Eve. And can I tell you, like everyone who's ever heard a story of the beach house, this, this, this was not that time. This was not that time. It was raining. It was wet. It was miserable. Like, I'm surprised like eight people didn't catch like cases from uh, lawsuits, from slipping and falling. It was wet. It was wild. It was whatever. So the next morning, Grace and I are sitting on um, the couches and we're like, oh, and she's like, I just got ordained. And I'm like, wait a minute, me too. Here we go. And so (laughs) Grace and I are now ordained ministers, aka reverends, because my email says reverends, right? Right. 
You're a I, reverend. I've gotten mail that says reverend already. Um, I'm the freaking too. We got our clergy sticker clip things. Right. Apparently we can go to crime scenes with that. So I don't know like how far we're going to take that. Yeah. But- no. Oh my gosh. That's my jam. Are you kidding me? I'm that girl. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so crime scenes, baptisms, funerals, and weddings. Keep your eyes out for us. Oh my God. We could, we could absolutely master this market. Girl, I have my first wedding. So my ex, um, my ex uh, husband, his family and I are still super, super, super close. And Sam said to me, "They're already married, but they want to redo like a huge ceremony." And she's like, "Girl, when Dalton and I do this, you are in clutch." I'm like, "I can't wait! Like that's my going to be my first wedding. Can you imagine?" Right, and like, what a good one to break you into. Oh my gosh, and they're fantastic. So I love every part of that. I know. What a good one. We got to get you to do it. Crystal's got to let us do it. Exactly. If I could get a vow renewal out of the two of them, I think that would be a great like first foot in the door to this whole clergy part of my life. I agree. I mean, I, I, I feel like if we can do this, we can pretty much do anything. And that leads me to my next topic, my next topic, which is it is becoming so easy for people to gain titles. It's becoming so easy for people to become things. Today, we're going to talk about like a lot of funny and then like some really cool stuff and then good stuff you really want to know. This is one you're going to want to stick to stick to it and with us. But you know, being in the industry that I'm in, in a healing capacity and also in a therapeutic capacity, you hear about people who just pop up being, you know, a coach or pop up being this. And this is one of those things where it's like, you know what, that was really easy for us to get reverend. That was really easy for us to become ordained. So I wonder in a society where we have all of this, you know, participation trophy nonsense, how easy is it going to be in the future to get serious stuff, right? I think it's something that in general, we all need to keep eye on because I don't want someone who can get a doctor's license off of the internet to operate on me. And that's kind of like where I feel like we're heading. If this is as easy as it is to be, you know, from, 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 from a godly, like, you know, reverend ministers, those aren't words we wouldn't normally use. Right. That is a position that people put a lot of faith into those yeah. people. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we faith- did it in less than an hour. So I- keep your faith in us. If anybody needs faith, has faith, definitely put it in us. But that's what I'm saying. It definitely is wild. Like do your research because it is, if we did that, girl, I think we did it in 10 minutes. It was definitely less. It was definitely less than an hour. Uh, Wild. Wild. Moving on. We could spend spend forever on that. Girl, (laughs) you've got the list. What you want to jump into next? Um, what should we jump into next? Um, let's go into the one, um, about giving people crumbs of your life, um, and people being satisfied with just taking the little crumbs and little bits. Ooh, bread coming, bread crumbing people. Let me tell you, is that where we're going? Yeah. I'm going to say, let's hit on that one. Okay. Um, I love it. I love it. I feel like it's something that's super easy to fall trapped to. But it's also something that we've probably both been guilty of doing ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, when you look at it, you know, you're looking at a new person, you want to put your all into something. But if you're giving just those little pieces to start and trying to overcompensate it for more than it is, what are you setting yourself up for? And what's that red flag when the person you're giving those little crumbs to is happy with just minute amounts of you? 
Girl, amen. And what she's talking about for people who don't understand the word breadcrumbing is it's breadcrumbing is when breadcrumbing people and making them think it's the whole damn meal and then bringing it up all the time, the whole actual time, like it was a water. That's what talking about. And you, it's so true. You know, I, I feel like when we do acts of service or when we do acts of kindness or whatever it is, it, it's done. Like it's done. Like we did the act, we did the service, we did the whatever. It's done. Why? Why is it still a conversation? Like that to me is it's more of a f you in your face, and it's more of a look at me versus look at what I did for you type situation. I just don't like it. It's tacky. It doesn't sit well with me at all. Right. I agree. And when you have those things, especially when it's someone who's going to use it against you later down, when you get hit with those statements like, oh, well, I or look what I did or do you remember X, Y and Z? Those little things are made to be so much more substantial because you're lacking in so many other areas. Uh, yeah. Like conflict and accountability skills. Where are these new mans learning them? I want to know. I want your mom's name. I want your aunt's name. And you know what? I don't even want your mom and aunt's names just because they're women, because that's generally who raises you. But I want your dad's name. I want your uncle's name. I want them all because people, and I'm not just going to hold this to the man's because some of the women too, but women in general are the nurturing. They should at least be the nurturing and having all the things together. But conflict and accountability. Have you ever had a conversation with someone who sincerely just doesn't get it? I had a conversation and it was this past week and I'm talking to someone and I'm going, I cannot even believe these are your coping mechanisms and the skills you have to manage a conversation. Like here's here, here's a quick replay. You were wrong. All you needed to do was account, like be accountable for it and it could have moved on. Instead, this was the time to bring up things from 1962 that have no bearing on this conversation at all, and also a time for them to bear their grievances. This wasn't that time. Make an appointment. Set something up. If you want to talk some stuff, we can talk it. But I think that we really are in that society of conflict and accountability means let me tell you off. Let me tell you what I think. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to turn it around on you, and I'm going to deflect, deflect, deflect. And I am to the point, girl, you are around me almost every day. You know, I, it, it's wild. It's too much. It absolutely is. And like, when you look back at it, is that something that like we get from who raised us? Because we don't have that typical two parent household anymore. Um, so, you know, you have one parent raising a whole household. They necessarily didn't always have the time to give you the answers or to give you like, the full explanation of why, and they're just traits that we inherited, grew up with, and now they're our own toxic um, behaviors. I miss it. Don't you miss, like, normalcy? I mean, I know you and I had, like, different normalcy, but... Right. Right? Like, I I'm going to put you out there just a little bit, like, nothing bad, all good. So Grace is a phenomenal cook, and I went over for dinner to Grace's the other night, and it was her daughter and her mom, and it was I, and it just was a really, really good time. And I feel like in today's society, what happened to Sunday dinner? Like, I love Sunday dinner. I used to cook. I used to have my kids over all the time, and their friends, and then their friends, and, and, and what have you. I feel like we've taken the the parentalness or the passion 
and the love and the connection out of that faith that goes into Sunday. People that just think Sunday's for faith and church and all of that, but it's really for fellowship. And that could mean with family or friends or the or the uh, family we've made from friends. And it's it's just a thing and a vibe and a feeling that we really need back in the world. And I absolutely agree. Like you just get the sense of home. You get the sense, like you said, of fellowship. It's also those moments when you do get to sit down and how was your week? What was your highlight? Like you can highlight your accomplishments. You can have the people around you give you love for that. And it's definitely something that we're missing. Um, Growing up, we had dinner. My mom, she was a dinner on the table every night at just about the same time. But every Sunday we had Sunday dinner. When I grew up and I was out of her house, I found my friends and I doing Sunday dinner just because we were all still like yearning Mm -hmm. for that bit of normalcy. Um, And it's just, it's nice to have a time where you can calm down, where you can relax, where you can fellowship over food. I like it because I love acts of servitude. So making a meal is one of my love languages. Mm -hmm. I love to feed people. I love to nourish people. I love to sit there and fellowship while we enjoy the meal. Amen. And I just think so many people miss out on that because they either didn't have it growing up or they just don't make time for it now. Or it's Sunday. Everyone's trying to clean their house, watch football, get ready for the week. We get so wrapped up in all of these like minute errands of like our everyday life that things like that where I think there is a value in it. Yeah. Aren't really looked at like that anymore. Agreed. And that leads next question because you know we have your daughter who is a younger age than my children and it's like how do we as women and a society try to re-bring that back when we I felt like we've we've lived in the past couple years of a COVID mess where it doesn't happen and we're living and going into more of a virtual world how do we bring that back you know how do we how do we put that into our normal functioning week how do we do it it, it, it's like how do you do it you know my kids are grown and they do their own things and then I look at you know your daughter and you do such a really good job at doing all of it but it's like how do we bring back the good old school stuff that we need and I'm I'm clueless like I I don't know how to do it and I think even when you do you have to make such a conscious effort to Mm -hmm. make it a part of your week But even when you do, everyone has their own life going around too. So, I mean, I've had it where I've invited the whole family over and like two people have shown up and there's a Christmas looking dinner sitting out. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to make that conscious effort. At least that's what I do because I want my daughter to have that sense of normalcy and that sense of family that I grew up with. Um, I had both parents for a part of my life. She's never had both parents in her household. So I feel like I over, almost overcompensate to try and give her that little bit of what I had. Whatever you're doing, don't stop because she's amazing. And it's oh, all thank you, friend. getting the habit of asking yourself, honestly, does this support the life I'm trying to create? If not, release it. And I feel like that statement really covers a lot of it because we are always moving and shaking. You know, it's a running joke in my house and you know this, which way am I going today? Cause I don't know if I'm going up, if I'm going down, if I'm going left or right. And I, I talked about this. My, my word for 2023 is enough, like get enough water, get enough rest, but also I am enough and I, I have enough and, and stuff is enough and all the things. So as we move and gravitate throughout the year, it's like finding 
those those core pieces that you want to take and create into your life and the people um you know you mentioned love languages that's a big thing too mine is um acts of service and um acts of giving you know i'm a giver and so that resonates you know big time and it's really it's really one of those things where i just wish that our grandparents all of them collectively could come back for like a day <laughs> and be like all of you are nuts let's do this this and this um yeah so moving on from that which one do you would you want to go to next let's let's touch on this one so i feel like a big problem especially with our demographic right now is what I call other woman syndrome. Oh yeah. I, for the life of me, mm -hmm. cannot understand why young, successful, beautiful, well-minded women are settling and even glorifying being the other woman. It makes me sick. I did a podcast on this several months ago when the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing was going on. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. You and I ha have, you know, a lot of the same friend group because we're friends and we hang around people. But outside of that, we have the same, um, I want to say, um, we have the same thoughts on the matter. So this is an easy topic for us to discuss with disc uh, discretion, I think is the word that I'm trying to find. Because you come across, and it's not just the other woman, but it's the other man, too. Like, at the end of the day, who wants to be the side piece? And why are you okay with settling at it? We've weighed the pros and cons, right? We've had the whole feet talk. We've had the whole, what's that thing, that name I always mess up? Um, oh, that website. Um. Oh, I can't think of that website. That website. Um. I can't think of it. It'll come to me halfway through this where people can go on and they can really literally pick and choose what they want at the moment and, and have that. And it's, it's wild to me that today, like this is just normal cultural. Like I get that you can go out and get a job and do whatever it is that you want. But at the end of the day, is it something that's going to rust easy with you? Like when you look back at your life is being that side piece going to be the thing that is something that haunts you or that you're okay with. And it's wild. Yeah. I feel like, especially as a woman who's been on the other side of that, you also have to look at like these people who are okay with it, knowing that they could ultimately inflict so much pain on another like innocent party. Mm -hmm. um, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, you have to, what do you really get out of that? Aside from maybe like a few intimate moments or whatnot, you know, there's not a future. The man never is going to leave the wife. Mm -hmm. So what is the point? Why, why are we settling to be the mashed potatoes when you're really the filet. Right. And he's usually talking to you, taking a whole shit while he's calling you at the same time because that's where he gets his privacy. So I'm just saying, like, come on. You know, we have to wake up as a society and stop allowing people. And, and this isn't just a man-hating podcast today. Like, we have to stop allowing people to put us in positions in our life where our value is devalued by their intentions, by their um, opportun opportunities that they want to have. And it, it really is gross. The website I'm thinking one was hinge, but it's the, it's not, it's not that one. It's the other one. Remember we were talking about feet pics and some and people putting stuff on feet pics and, and, Oh, I can't. Oh. 
the hell is the name of that website? And we were like, we think so-and-so was on it. Do you remember? I don't. Um, and I'm racking my brain, too. The problem is with our conversations is we have a bunch of conversations, <laughs> and they all meld into one. And most of them are over a cocktail or two. I know. It's like, oh, we saw her on blank. Oh, she has a blank account. She has a mm, account. I cannot think of the name of that stinking account. So I mean, generally, if we're talking feet pics, we'd go OnlyFans, but that's I know a, that's not what we're looking for only, here. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I had a client the other day who literally had the same situation she was talking to me about, and her husband was was having a whole affair with a woman on an OnlyFans, OnlyFans account. And oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it's not just a computer anymore. This is actual tangible stuff. Like you can go out and reach and find these people and do these things. And he dropped, I think it was something like $325,000 on this girl in like three months. And to me, I'm going, holy shenanigans. Like that's wild. You're in the wrong line of business, <laughs> um, moral compass, whatever you want to call it. It's it. Uh, I'm telling you, if I, I first, I don't think she has feet picks, but if you want to pay me three twenty five for my feet picks, I'll put them in some cake. Um, you know, absolutely, we'll girl. I will be right there with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely wild, and that is just one of those things. Like, I'm all about women supporting women and being entrepreneurs. But at the end of the day, whatever it is that you do, you have to be accountable for. If you want to go out and have an affair, okay, that's you. If you want to go out and have a OnlyFans, okay, that's you. If you want to go out and be a wholesome individual, okay, that's you. But these decisions and these things that we're judging people on, this is the whole point of this. We have to get to a point in the world where we stop being judgmental of people's actions because their actions now are becoming morally correct. The problem isn't the action. The problem is that people are morals and we don't know who's raising them. And that to me is what it comes down to is morality. No, I agree. I couldn't have said it better. When you look at like, what really is that person's base values? What's important to them? What are they okay with? And how do they not believe in karma? Can we just touch on that really quick too? Because I, as a female, could not consciously get with someone else's man, knowing that ultimately I'm looking for a husband. Right. Like, isn't that just the biggest karma bomb? Like yeah. the biggest way to sabotage your own happiness and like your blessings and your way. <laughs> I'm sorry. I put that in there. Grace bakes and cooks. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, finish. You can finish that one. <laughs> um, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm done with that one. <laughs> I was putting that out there because Grace, we, you know how I always go, I'm a baker, I'm a cooker, I'm all these things. You do. You you bake and you cook. And um, now we're going to um, have you uh, set up with a fabulous husband from this. Yeah, I bake, I cook, I clean. Um, I am not the Cardi B, um, but I am still looking for that ring. <laughs> freaking percent. All right, let's jump to something else. So I let's make it a little easy now that we've jumped into some of the wilds. I have, I have a million papers in front of me because that's just who I am. And so I was putting these together last night and I was like, oh, this will be really fun tomorrow. Knowing Grace and I, we're not even going to make it through the first half. Okay. Right. <laughs> Let's talk about five steps for setting boundaries. One, recognizing you need one and about your needs. Two, establishing where it is and who you need to have them with. 
Three, you just need to create some and know your limits. And four, communicate them clearly. And five, enforce them and be consistent. You know, boundaries are super important. And a lot of us seem to forget that. And at the end of the day, we can only be accountable and hold people accountable to what we are willing to do for ourselves. So I don't know, Grace, if you saw when I sent you over the whole PTO thing. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, I can't talk about this. Let me get all my paperwork together. So I was scrolling through the internet or trolling, I say, and I came across this thing from this lady who's in human resources. And she was like super, um, I, I've never seen so many people and emojis on this. How to get 46 days off using 18 days of PTO. Okay, are you ready? So this is starting January of 2023. If you take the Thursday and Friday off before Martin Luther King Day, um, you'll get five consecutive days off, okay? And then April, if you take four days before Good Friday off, you'll have a 10-day break. And then July, if you take the Monday before July 4th off, you'll get a four-day break. And then November, if you take off five days after Veterans Day and three days before Thanksgiving, you'll get 17 consecutive days off. What? Wow. Or if you take four days off between Christmas and New Year's, you'll have 10 consecutive days off. So, I mean, that's really, um, huh. somebody really put their math skills to use here because I can't take credit for that, but that's pretty flippant amazing. Right. But so I feel like that's also a double-edged sword. Yes. Because yes, you could take 17 days off in November, but who wants to come back to 17 days worth of backlog right before the Christmas holiday? Um, you know, someone who wants to retire <laughs> it, and someone who can more power to you take all of these 46 days. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great idea, but also being someone who's been on the HR side in business and whatnot, um, that it's going to cause a lot of headaches for a lot of people. Um, I get taking like one or two days off before the holiday weekend. Cool. But someone's going to say, I need 17 days in November. Good luck getting that approved. So I love this idea. It sounds great. I'm just not sure that the actuality of it is such a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. I looked at the comments. There was like 46,000 comments after this. So I can only imagine I'm going to have to like do a do on this and come back and find out like how many people this actually worked for. Because apparently there was a whole mess of people in all facets of like different work genres that were doing this and they were getting off. So I can imagine that someone's going to hear this or someone's going to see that on Facebook and be like, hold up. Wait a minute. Someone's trying to get the goods on like 50 days of time off. So I'm sure it, that's absolutely going to be true. It's absolutely going to happen for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be a headache for HR people. And a lot of people are going to go with the expectation of getting all these days. And it might not work out like that. It might or it might. So if you try this, let us know. You know, we kind of want to know what happens. So funny thing, um, today in between getting ready um, for this, I was watching, I don't know if it was Good Morning America or it was something. And I have to tell you, like, you know how anal we are about skincare. Girl, we have to try this. So it is P-R-A-K-T-I, Prakti. I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, it's a lady from Indi India, I want to say, India or Indonesia. And what she does is... 
freaking fantastic. She was found, I believe, at a local um, outside event, so like a circus or what have you, when she was younger, before she went to Columbia, to be a model, okay? And during all of this, her family, all of them were eye doctors, and she was supposed to be a doctor. Well, lo and behold, after she got her... Um, some kind of uh, something from Columbia, she created this skincare line. And it's all about being uh, well from the outside in to glow on the um, on the outside, right? And so, I'm sorry, glow on the inside in to glow on the outside. So what she's doing is, is she's taking all of this stuff, I mean, things I've never even heard of, and creating this product line that's for women, about women, and it's like, some of the things that I saw were wild. And what caught my eye about it was she's adding meditation. And it's, this is so genius. She was like, we, in order to be a hundred percent, well, we need to be able to do all the things. Well, there's not enough time in the day. So during your evening, like makeup uh, or, or washing your face or whatever you're doing at um, your daily routine. And by doing so, you'll be able add that into your skincare line. So I love being able to add meditation to doing skincare. I love the fact that this lady is coming out with this fabulous stuff. And I'm telling you, it's the most fabulous stuff. I'm going to have to come back and do another one on this because the ingredients I was looking at, it's all natural. It is like um, she uses some kind of sugar base for her polishes. And all the ladies that were touching them were like, this is amazing stuff. So it's really good. You'll have to take a look at that. Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of throwing meditation into your skincare routine because you are stuck in front of a mirror for at least 10 minutes most you of are. the time. Do it while you go take your deep breaths. I think that is a great time to just sneak in a little bit of extra self-love and self-care. Like, I love that idea. If we're even Santa for at least eight years, we can believe in ourselves for like five minutes at night and that'll lead to like 10 minutes a day. And then all of a sudden, look at us, pow, we're all mad. Right. And like, it, here's my thinking too. If we take that meditation while we're doing our skincare to put those positive, great, glowy skin affirmations into the universe, it can't hurt. No, it definitely, it definitely can't hurt. And I think that anything we do um, is, is one step closer to what we weren't doing. All about 2023 being enough. What was your word for 2023? Do you have one? For 2023? 2023, it might be too much. I might be the opposite of that one. Um, really? Yeah, but more as don't get yourself into too much. Um, I feel like this is the year I need to maybe be a <laughs> bit more cautious. I'm serious. Like, don't bite it off too much. Don't it let too much of myself get out there and spread too thin. Mm -hmm. Um, this year for me really needs to be more about preserving my happiness and working on my boundaries. It might be a little bit selfish, but I really just feel that's what this year I need in my, my own being. Amen, friends. A friend. You know, it, it's funny. Um, for those who don't know, well, most who wouldn't know on this, um, Grace and I's birthdays are like directly next to each other. And we're going yes. to be birthdays which is going to be epic and we have this 
other than like a million similarities, but we really are very similar as a human being. And our friendship was formed on the similarities that we have. And so when you say that, I'm like, absolutely. Like, oh, I feel you, girl. And then in my head, I'm like, yeah, I wish I could do that. And then I resort back to my enough. And I'm like, yeah, but then I added in, you know, doing Reiki and meditation and 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 the sound baths at 551 and then heading over to doing that. Um, so many different things, which I should probably jump into that now too. So everyone who's local to Lancaster County, um, we are going to be doing Reiki, meditation, yoga, and sound baths at 551 West and River Trail in Marietta um, shortly, probably starting in February, uh, four to six times a week. And it's just donation only. We're not charging for that. And I've also taken on a shared space in Lancaster for body healing one-on-one. My coaching, of course, is not out of either of those. So that's exciting for me. And I am super excited to get started in that. Um, I think we should definitely jump into wine mom culture versus weed mom culture. And see, I love this one. Let's go, girl. I think when you look at the, and don't get me wrong, I am a fan of both. I'll be the first person to put it out there and say it. But why are we as a society so okay with wine in a water bottle, three glasses of wine with dinner, let's have a quick cocktail, but if it was let's pop a gummy real quick before we all go into Sky Zone and get a headache, it's suddenly a problem. You know, I've done a lot of thinking prior to this, and I've done a, I had to do a moral check before I was going to answer this on this podcast, because this is be the first time that I um, really openly talked about something like this on here. And me, like, uh, I'm ready, um, and I'm ready to have this whole conversation, because I think that this is seriously, like, a big deal. Um, and you're definitely a one to have this with. So, you know, my kids are 21 and going to be 25. And for me, I would go get my kids from cheerleading or soccer or what have you. And I would smell wine on these mom's breasts, picking up their kids. I would smell alcohol or what have you all the time. But then like you have the moms are like, oh my gosh, you know, so-and-so smokes weed. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, like, but I, but like your blitz picking up your kids. Right. But not knowing back then, you know, 10 plus years ago, what a difference the world was going to make, you know, following the next decade. So looking back at that, I see it being wild. I am pro weed. I have always been pro weed. I am, I am pro marijuana. I think that at the end of the day, if you can smoke um, something that comes from the ground, if you can put something in your mouth, if you can do something um, that is natural versus all of these opioids and things that come out that can harm your body. I'm for it. When it comes to wine moms being um, uh, okay in the world, but weed moms not being okay in the world, I think it's shit. And I don't think it's fair. And I don't think it's right. I mean, and you are more apt on that side of knowing than than me per se. So, you know, what's your thoughts on it? So I... I grew up in a household where it was a little more free. We didn't see a bunch of things, but you knew they were going on. I also had a mother who, when I was in high school, my sister came in, it smelled like a skunk and it was a big problem. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think the thing now is it's such a change in perception because now I have a mother who I drive to the dispensary to pick up her medicinal things. Mm-hmm. Um, so the change in perception is like the biggest thing. When you look at like marijuana and what it does to your body, it relaxes you, this, that, and the other. And then you look at alcohol and all the issues that we have with alcohol. Um, I don't understand why weed isn't the better choice for everyone. Um, uh, I, I read can... a super good book um, and it was called The Weed Mom. It was called Weed Mom. Weed. Um, and it was legitimately um, Did you say weed? Curious Woman's Guide. Right. To... I'm sorry. Did you say Weed Mom? Weed Mom. Yes. Put that on the website. Okay. Um, but it is a guide and it's billed as healthier, happier, really, or happier, healthier parenting relationships and how to chill the fuck out. Yeah. Um, and that's what we need. Being a parent is hard. Being a single parent is hard. There's a bunch of demands. If that little thing can give you the same sanctity as a pill that a doctor would prescribe, why isn't a more, why isn't it the more mainstream option? So I'm going to one up that. And I could not agree more. So you are very aware of what has happened this week. And uh, I have been dealing with those appointments week to get things done. And this morning I woke up and my body was in pain. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to um, eat a gummy and I'm going to see if it takes it away. And I have been really lately like weighing out the ibuprofen that Advil to the side effects of how a gummy takes away, like my body aches or body pains. And I was, you know, Advil, Tylenol, all of those things, they, they create a problem in your stomach. But when it comes to um, certain things, they are great for those. But when it comes down to chronic illness or chronic things, there are so many different avenues that we can take that I feel like we just aren't told about. And, you know, I went to the doctors this week for my listeners who don't know, and I was told some really shocking news. And um, I am scared to death. But unfortunately, you know, me being scared isn't going to change the outcome. But the pain is there. And so, you know, being free, I'm going to do what I need to do and get by um, this safety that's available out there for us. So, you know, I think that we as a culture and as moms and parents and women and just human freaking beings just stop judging people on it. You know, it, it, it's wild to me. Yeah, and it does. It really comes down to you almost have to be one of those people that just doesn't care what anyone else thinks because there is still such perception on it. Do what you do. If it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't work for someone else, then their opinion really shouldn't matter. Amen. They are not getting the benefit you're getting. So they can't, they can't speak on why it works for you. And maybe it didn't work for them. But I just think there's such a disparity when you like see that if I were to go into my daughter's gymnastics class with a Yeti full of wine, (laughs) <laughs> no one would say a thing. Right. But if I walked in there smelling like I hit a skunk in the parking lot, every single eyebrow would raise. <laughs> every single eyebrow would raise. And that's the thing. Oh, like, I'm going to say actually about half of them because there is a heavy Botox presence in the gymnastics. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. That is that is freaking funny. Um, I, I mean, it's it's wild. You know, it definitely is wild. 
Okay, we're at 38 minutes. So we have we have a few more, a few, we can probably do two, maybe three more subjects. What do you want to do? Do you want to cover? Let's um, touch on that sex energy. Okay, um, let's, let's do it. Do you want to start? Or you want me to start? Sure. Um, so why? Sorry about that. Um, we all have our sexual energy. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to guard that sexual energy. And why is it important to guard that sexual energy? Um, the very first thing that comes to my mind is for a while I was seeing a guy and in the mornings he would say, I love waking up to you. You give me such good energy. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, I gave him such good energy, but it took a while to see that, like, the root of that very sentence, you give good energy. I'm giving you my energy, like, you are draining that from me. And it wasn't until, like, the other shoe fell in that relationship to notice that the other side of that was, yes, I'm giving it to him, but it's also draining it from me. Ding, ding, ding. When you look at it, like, it literally is. It is a transfer of energy between two people and your body's going to pull you. Your body's going to release the oxytocin and the endorphins and all of that and have you thinking that everything's good and merry and like, this is so great. And even it'll be your subconscious. You'll be forming attachments with that person because your body just released all these chemicals. But what if what you're attaching to really kind of just isn't the cream of the crop? I mean, seriously, isn't, you know, I've been talking about sexual energy for probably five years. It's the truth. You know, we go out and we have sex with, you know, whomever you want to have sex with. Great. Wonderful. But we're not taught this previously. I think I need to do one on like what we weren't taught. I I, I really do because there's, that could be a whole nother thing. Right. I want to tap in for that one. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Because here's where we're at. Like people don't understand, like, and I don't think I truly understood it until I went, I, I went through my Reiki training, but we are energy. We are a big ball of energy and what we have, um, it 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 it, it flows it it all the things so when you have sexual intercourse with someone their body is literally inside of you and so all of their energy is now in your body so you're taking on someone else's energy in whatever capacity that you they have it a part of you not just touching uh, not just being around actual sexual intercourse you know and also goes to with even touching and being around but when we as people go "Mm, you know that's a great person that's this that's that how's their energy how's their life because you talked about karma in the beginning how's how, how really is their karma because we're then taking that all on I don't know if you've ever had sex with someone and you've been at the end like at the end of the day and I use that term loosely but at the end of the day I'm exhausted. I feel like shit. You know, I should feel great. I don't. It's because their energy drained, literally drained you, like you just said. And it's terrible. Like, it's absolutely terrible. And I feel like we all need to know not only yourself, but the people 
whom you're with and the lifestyle that they leave that they um that they live and also you know what kind of human they are i mean you would think this is standard right you would think this is standard questions but with so many people out there sleeping around or doing whatever it is they're doing they're opening themselves up for not just health problems but also energetic problems that are not easy to get rid of no and i feel like that's one of those things once you realize it and do become a little more conscious of it mm-hmm. you'll start to weed those ones out but there is definitely, I mean, people say, oh, that girl was dictmatized. Yeah. Um, it, I feel like it's actually a real thing. Your sick. body releases all of those hormones, the endorphins. It tricks you into thinking that, I mean, and realistically, is it really just a dick or is it the personality's a dick too? This is definitely an R-rated show, dickmatized. That's a really good word. I'm going to have to say <laughs> You know really funny and and that brings us into dating when you don't need a savior like here's the thing like i'm all about have fun live your life do all the things but like why are we dating why are we dating who are we dating what's going on if you know we don't need i feel like people in this world either find us either intimidating um not not intimidating enough um we need saved or um you you said i give off some kind of energy the other day i forget what it was right that's what i was just gonna say the other day we had the conversation about guys buying drinks yeah and you said guys buy you drink more and i said well that's because you give off that big dick energy (laughs) um you walk in a room and like your your personalities out there um you are not someone that a guy is going to walk up to and think they're going to save no you're you saved yourself i I Um, saved myself (laughs) yeah and i think that's what it is and i don't feel like that should be looked at as a negative oh um but being on the other side of that dating when you don't need someone to take care of you but you Mm -hmm. want someone to take care of you um, it's two completely different playing fields. When I looked at like when I was dating in my twenties, mm-hmm. um, I was looking for the men absolutely that wanted to take care of me, that wanted to, you know, I didn't have to pay for anything, touch a door, worry about anything. Right. I don't need any of that anymore. None of that has importance to me. Um, and it is so hard to like weed out at this point. Oh and, my like, god change those behaviors accountability you know all of it no it absolutely is and like it's a self-accountability thing too because i find myself like still looking at the men that would be the savior um instead of the man that's like the steady eddie and is going to make sure my trash gets taken out and like i don't run my tires till they're bald isn't um yeah it's so it's different like eddie eddie but um, we want the other one too. Right. And I was going to say, maybe it's not that you don't need a savior, but it's in the ways that you need saving. Um, like at this point in my life, I don't need like a financial server savior. I don't need a sugar Mm -hmm. daddy, but I definitely want that person that's going to be there for the companionship. And like I said, make sure the trash gets taken out. Don't want to have to carry the groceries in. So maybe it is just a different type of saving. Because those, let me tell you, you know, I, I, I asked a poll the other day and I said, how did you make, how, how did your partner make the team? You know, they had their tryout, they showed you what they could do. You showed them what you could do, had their 
opportunity. What did they do with it? Because I want to know how they're still on the team and how they're still riding the bench, you know, because that's exactly it. Are they taking out the trash? Are they helping where needed? You know, because we already know what we're all, we're already doing as women. We know what we're doing for you again, a man podcast, but we're simply giving it from a different view because I'm wondering, is it all these things or is it maybe because Maybelline? Because at the end of the day, you know, not everyone needs saved. And I'm finding that there's more men in this freaking world who need saved and more women who just want dates for dinner. And hell, we don't even need you to pay for dinner. We can go Dutch. But let's, right. let's get the conversation to the point where it's a conversation I want to have with you versus some needless nonsense that you want to babble about that's not stimulating any part of my body, let alone my brain. Right. Like for me, my biggest thing to get on the team and stay on the team, consistency. That is my biggest deal breaker in any relationship, but especially a romantic one. If I'm looking to build a future with you, those blocks need to be a consistent size. As soon as you like have cinder blocks and you throw a brick into the mix, everything falls off. Girl, if I don't already know what you're going to say, think, or do, I... There is no, some, listen, there is no one more dangerous than someone who comes in and you never know how they're going to freaking act. Inconsistent people make me crazy. I, I think they're super dangerous. I think we as adults, we know what our temperament is. We know what's going to happen. You know, we know what, if A happens, we're going to hear. If B happens, we're going to hear. But you've got those people out there who are just ticking time bombs and you just never know because they're so damn inconsistent and you never know how they're going to act. They're scary. They really are scary. No, it absolutely is. Especially once you become like complacent with the consistency As soon as that's thrown off, it's probably the biggest red flag. Because if the one thing that you have done is shown me that you can do these things over and over, repetitive motion, that's how we build good behaviors. As soon as that goes off the deep end, was it a ruse? Like, were you faking it? Like, what was the point? Um, And then it's not even, it's more of the consistent behaviors. Like, I want to see the consistent actions. I want the consistent behaviors. I don't want to constantly hear something. So when I say consistently, I don't want the man who tells me, oh, I want to be with you. Oh, I want to be with you. Oh, I want to be with you. Mm -hmm. I want the man who shows up, takes me out, and actually spends the time to be with me. Correct. And spends time with you while he's with you. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's really funny because it leads me to, to, to settling because settling is the art of taking the easy. And I know it's comfortable, but you will never know what was truly in store for you if you had the courage to follow your heart's desire. And, you know, I like to end things on something that I would say to and the reason you do everything and the reason everything for you is it's an escape. It's an escape from discomfort. And even when we're craving and wanting and lusting and desiring, we're escaping discomfort. How so? Because we're freaking bored. We're numb. We numb out because of the lack of emotional mastery to go along with after the things that we truly desire. The risk to quit the job, start the business and the relationship, invest in a coach, leave good for great, the unpredictable, the uncertain, scary, and uncomfortable. 
But then, you know, what's more uncomfortable? Living a life knowing you could be doing more, which means every single time you choose comfortable and safe, you know you're choosing boring. So choose your heart. I'd rather risk good and safe for great all day, every day than be bored and in a cycle of self-sabotage, a.k.a. clownism. And guess what? Every scary risk I've ever taken has brought me more happiness and success than I could ever imagine. So for everyone out here listening today, take one thing from this. Don't settle. Be morally correct and live your best life. Girl, minutes. Time to go. I oh. Being here today, did you have yeah. any last? This, this was great. Um, I'd love the opportunity to put a couple voices out there. You know, you are one of my favorite people just to have a conversation with. Uh-huh. And so, I hope that if there's anyone out there, um, they could take anything from it. Uh, obviously, we're not perfect, we're not in A1 relationships all the time. No, but one of the best things that you can do is be brave enough to put your feelings and your thoughts out there. Um, have the conversations, um, have the conversations. It's in those uncomfortable moments where you grow the most and can prosper the most. 150%. And to piggyback on that, you know, it's funny because everything Grace has said is true. And it is in, I posted something, um, the other day on TikTok, Facebook or all the things that had Matthew McConaughey, you know, I'd be willing to risk failure 99% of the time win just 1% of the time because from all of the failures and all of the things I have at least tried. And so for me, if you can just do one small step and keep growing, boom, you've got it. For Basic to Bougie, I'm Melissa. Grace, thank you for joining us today. We'll see you when we see you. There's so many ways women unconsciously settle in life unknowingly declining the abundance available because of their beliefs. There's so many ways that women say no to their deepest desires because they don't understand how fear and limitations show up in their body. Too many women are saying no to themselves and it impacts all of us. I'm here to change this. I've helped thousands of women say yes to more, leaning in and allowing a life that once felt impossible. If you need one-on-one coaching or would like to join us on one of our retreats, please visit our website at www.basictobougiethepodcast.com.